Careful, watch out for anything that slithers. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic and generate a bracket and then debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Kyle, we obviously just went to Disney World uh, and now you can finally compare some of these attraction characters from Florida to some of these attraction characters in California, and I just have to ask you one question: mm. What thoughts on the Yeti at Expedition Everest? That's a big boy, but that boy don't move. He sure don't. He, he don't sure move, don't. and uh, that's an issue. I think if you're talking West Coast Yeti versus East Coast Yeti, West Coast is gonna punch him out. Absolutely. I really <laughs> wish you could have experienced him in his heyday, but. Uh, but still, at least we got the real thing at home. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're diving back into our scariest Disneyland attraction character bracket. And rejoining us is Tess and Alyssa, our parks locals. How are y'all doing? Um, Tess was, was mentioning how she has scary dreams of witches chasing her. <laughs> I have scary dreams of scary trees tra- chasing me. After talking with the, about these attraction characters last week, are we, are we doing okay? Are we good? We hanging in there? Some of those jack-in-the-box characters, those images really stuck in my head. Uh, Looking at the bracket, looking at the images that you posted on the bracket, it's just, they're really creepy just as a standalone image. You're just like looking at it, and the more you look at it, the more you're like, this is like an 80s cult classic horror movie, like Leprechauns in the Hood or Jack Frost. (laughs) No, man. And you're just like, if I was in any mindset other than being a normal mindset, I would just be crapping my pants right now. <laughs> um, no, real life is scarier. So just normal work anxiety for me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Reasonable. Yeah, that is very fair. Well, it's, it's a good thing that we're in the scary mood because uh, Chris, tomorrow's Halloween. So happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, we've got some great Halloween uh, uh, gear and outfits on today. I've got my trick-or-treat hoodie crew neck uh, from the, the Donald Duck short. We've got Oogie Boogie with the with the pumpkin ears with Tess over there. And I can't tell what you're wearing, Alyssa. What you got? Um, It's just a I put a spell on you shirt that Tess got me with a cauldron. So oh. Focus. It's my favorite Halloween movie. And Chris is rocking the scariest parade that has ever gone down Main Street like magic. Um, (laughs) 
We should we should have brought out the uh, fairy masks for this bracket. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but all right. So before we start talking about scary, let's talk a little spoonful of sugar. Chris, what are you drinking, man? It's been a long, long week. Uh, and so I'm crushing an ice cold Diet Coke to get me through this recording. A little caffeine confidence. <laughs> uh, do you have anything interesting over there, Kyle? No, man. I'm drinking some water. Uh, holidays are coming up. And I am trying to be good about drinking more water because when it comes to the holidays, uh, there is no shortage of alcohol between my family, Nina's family. Like we are out here uh, partying it up. So I need to make sure I stay on my water abilities. But I will be back next bracket. I'm going to I'm going to bring the heat. I promise that. Uh, Tess and Alyssa, what do you two have? Um, I'm trying out this June Shine Spirits Vodka Mule. Um, I am a cut water gal, but I will say I like this vodka mule better than cut water. Wow. I'm still drinking my Victory Sour Monkey Triple because (laughs) it's pretty much two beers in one bottle and I'm still getting through the six pack. I don't know that I, I don't think I knew that June Shine pivoted from the Booch Gang. I don't know. Oh, look, it's spooky. It got spooks on it. It got spooky little skulls. Oh. Spooky, scary skeletons. They said kombucha is not, yeast isn't scary enough. We got to go straight to the vodka mules. No, this is, this is pretty good. I haven't tried their kombucha, but this I ain't is good. I no yeast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, shout out Hunter Pence, uh, Junshine <laughs> investor. Oh, there you go. All right, let's figure out how we got to this Elite Eight here. We had a demographic that chose some of the scariest Disneyland characters. And they're the people walking around the parks that would whisper to their party, hey, did you know? Do you know what that window on Main Street stood for? Hey, did you know that when uh, Jungle Cruise was initially planned, it was a serious attraction that you were going to go on this adventurous safari? Uh, did, did you know uh, about the, the Haunted Mansion facade was up for eight years before the, par- the attraction ever opened? All of these people... Uh, our interns then harassed and asked them, who are the scariest Disneyland characters? We got 16. We had a bunch that missed the dance because let's be honest, there are some scary characters in these rides. And after some debate, we landed on an Elite Eight that looks like this. The number one, the Yeti from the Matterhorn is taking on the number eight, the Chomp Chomp Wreaths from the Haunted Mansion Holiday. Kylo Ren sitting over there at the four seed from Rise of the Resistance is going to take on the Indiana Jones snake at the five seed. Number two, the evil witch from Snow White's Enchanted Wish at the two seed is taking on number seven, Monstro the Whale from Pinocchio's Daring Journey. And the number 14, Chanting Tiki's from the Enchanted Tiki Room is taking on the number six, Pop-Up Ghosts from the Haunted Mansion, which is interesting because we have an Elite Eight in which the haunted attraction has really one seed. <laughs> the scary ride has one seed and it happens to be some of the uh, most basic characters. And I just love that for us to talk about it. But we've got the Elite Eight. Chris, I went first last time. I think you should take this one, the number one versus number eight. Yeah, so it's the Yeti versus the Haunted Mansion holiday wreath. And... I think the Haunted Mansion holiday wreath is a is a fun uh, small moment. It is it is definitely a scary moment. As we mentioned last week, it, it has such a large presence in the ha- the hallway scene. 
Yeah. In the Haunted Mansion, it's really it's really one of the first haunted uh what's it called nightmare before Christmas characters that you see. You obviously see zero down the endless hallway, but you're, you're still sort of in that, like, Hmm, we're, um, we're, we're sort of still feeling out what's happening with this sort of Christmas overlay here. And, uh, and the haunted mansion holiday wreath is, is really the statement that says like, we're here. And I, and I believe, (laughs) I believe the narrator even says like, Sandy Claus has decked the halls with a with a wreath to eat you <laughs> all or something. I don't know. <laughs> the bars. Bars. <laughs> something that rhymes, but yeah, 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 yeah. And uh I I don't know. It it definitely is uh a a cool I don't know if it's an animatronic, but it, it almost feels like would it have been better in a different spot in the attraction, particularly like as you're going backwards down into the graveyard scene, would it have been better in the attic, uh, in, in maybe the first half of the attic scene or something, uh, just because it feels like it's, it's very much like a there and it's gone sort of moment. Yeah. I, I think, it was a situation and I think most of the scenes are in this in which there's just so much. So just put it wherever you want and wherever you can yeah. like that. It, this is a true like house takeover. And I actually like that in this hallway, you're passing like the dude trying to get out of the coffin. Uh, you're passing like the breathing doors and stuff in this place in which you normally kind of just look left and right when it swivels around, you get something to look at up on the ceiling and it just makes that hallway feel even bigger. And so I like that they've included the wreaths here uh, because it's almost like, you know, you're escaping them and you're trying to to get into the next room so that you're not going to be taken by them. Uh, and then there's also other like huge set pieces throughout this attraction. And one that I actually should have had as my Miss the Dance are those huge like ghostly angel figures in the graveyard that are like playing trumpets like they're they are massive yeah, yeah. and their size is just like so intimidating and they don't have faces they're just like these huge figures for whatever reason and so like the scale at which the haunted mansion holiday has decided to make some of these characters i think is so smart because the mansion itself is so quaint like sure. the original characters are so small and they're just there and that's just what they did. But now you have this grandiose wreath that is moving and maybe not an animatronic, but a, you know, a, a mobile figure. And it's just really fun. It, it, but yes, uh, who knows where those wreaths could have shown up. But the, I think the hallway is a good pick. I, one of the important elements of like a good scary thing, I think, is the buildup and uh, the the story implication. Mm. And I know the pop-up ghosts are on this bracket as well, and they're kind of more of a jump scare, but the Yeti being uh, an intimidating presence is um, really important. And I think something we established in the last episode is that sort of like encroachment of space is mm-hmm. one of the primary things that makes a Disneyland attraction character scary. And so this this Yeti 2.0 has a sort of a lunge to him 
uh, I don't know if it's like a literal lunge or just the way that he was designed. So it looks like he's coming at you and you going towards it in a bobsled, uh, you know, it makes it seem like you're going to run into him or he's going to, you know, he's going to scoop you. Right. (laughs) I always thought in my head, and this goes back to the, the last attractions bracket that we did, but I had always thought in my head that he is holding on to like the rock and then he's like trying to like swipe. And it turns out like he's not. His hands are on like the opening in the cavern and his head is like roaring towards you. And so like that, that's the lunge that you feel. And maybe because you are going so fast, you're like, that fool just swiped at me when really all he did was like this nice little head bomb. And so like, I think that just kind of adds to his intimidation factor. You know, he didn't even have to do something. And he was like, he swung on me, dude. He threw hands. You know, and he wants the smoke right now. Uh I, I think the Yeti has an effect similar to what I, I mentioned with Kylo last week as well. That bassy, that bassy sound that when he roars, you really feel it in your bones, which mm. I think adds that other element as well. He's an important character. Like this whole ride is about sort of the, the mythical Yeti and encountering him on this wild bobsled ride. So I think he's got just about everything working for him. He's a very, very strong one seed here. And I think a pretty easy advance over the Haunted Mansion holiday wreath. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to agree with you, especially just because it, he is such a well-rounded character instead of this decorative piece that happens to look scary. I think that what gives you know it not a complete kind of walk away or a walk yeah a walk away i guess with with this number one seed yeti is that at least we get some movement out of that wreath and and like the lights that are kind of flashing in your eyes so that it looks like it's almost like blinking at you like it's very well done and well thought through set piece but at the end of the day this character is just one massive set piece while the character that is actually trying to get you is throughout this mountainous journey uh so i think the yeti deserves that one seed and i think the yeti deserves to move on here uh tess and Alyssa, any last words for the yeti or i guess haunted mansion holiday in general because this is now off the bracket i feel like with tim burton and a lot of his films i grew up with them so i didn't grow up being afraid of them none of them really scared me so coming into haunted mansion holiday with that before christmas you you know the storyline already coming in and you know none of the Halloween characters are actually trying to get you. So I think the wreath Mm. is, yes, supposed to look scary, but anyone who's seen the film, it's not actually really trying to get you. Where the Yeti, like, you don't know what his intention is. He's he's most likely trying to uh, gobble you up. So definitely the Yeti for me. The Yeti's scary. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to get you. I've seen wrong turn before. I um before we leave this this wreath behind, I want to shout out Heather Madsen, Kyle Madsen's wife, who's uh Kyle's obviously been on the pod a lot. She used to have like a hand stitch, a Disney hand stitch Instagram account and Etsy shop in which she would sell a bunch of her little stitches. And she recently stopped doing them. So she did this like fire sale. She was selling a bunch of the stuff for fairly discounted and uh she had done one of those wreaths one of those like chomping wreaths and so we bought it uh, and it hangs on our front door and it is a great 
piece to our uh, Halloween decorations here. So shout out, Heather. Um, all right, next matchup here. Number four, Kylo Ren versus number five, the Indie Snake. Oh, this is this is a, a matchup that's easy for me. Like, I still think that there's just not a whole lot that is intimidating out of my boy Kylo. <laughs> I think, like, you're in this attraction. You are so discombobulated most of the time and you're caught up in the the need to escape from this vessel from the ship more so than you are like need to escape from kylo you're also just like more scared of like what this trackless ride vehicle is about to do to you uh, than maybe kylo that's marching at you and he he suffers from that constants thing for me where he's set a little bit too far back and maybe it's you know this is also Kyle, who's been on this attraction one time and has been on the one variation of it in the one car that encounters him. Uh, And so maybe if I was in the other car that might be a little bit closer to him, I might have a different experience. But for the most part, I always felt like he was behind a barrier from me. He's either up on a bridge or he's very obviously a screen or he's walking towards me and the doors are closing. There's not really a moment in which I'm scared of him. I'm scared of really what's going to happen next. (laughs) Like, what is my vehicle about to do because Kylo's presence? And then also with the like within the films, you know that these bad guys get defeated. Like this ride isn't going to end with Kylo capturing you forever. This he will be defeated because he's the bad guy and we're the good guys. Uh, So like that element also is there, which doesn't exist in something like the Matterhorn where you're afraid of the Yeti because you don't know where he's going to pop up next. And he's this big monster that you can't even think about how big he might be. Kylo is just another human that we've seen on a on a big screen or our television screens for three films. And we're kind of like, yeah, that he's a bad guy. But at the end of the day, if he's not forced pulling my car towards him, uh, I think I'm pretty safe. So just because of that, I'm going to go with the Indy Snake because I think that that figure is actually very scary. It is huge. It moves at your car. Grown people like Chris won't sit on the ends of those aisles because they know that snake is coming. And if you don't know those snakes are coming, those kids that sit on that side of the car want to move across laps so fast, but they are locked in. And that's even worse. You are in something that can't move. I don't know if I've told that. I think I've told this story, so I'll keep it kind of brief. But when we were young, we went on the... Um, backlot tram tour at Universal Studios Hollywood. And, you know, you go through the earthquake scene and like all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they still have it. They must. There's like the big King Kong in the cage as like rattling the things. They they do not have that anymore. Uh, Vin Diesel, I believe, took over that. Damn. King Kong encounter. It's, it's a, fast and furious no. now. It's a, it's a family ride now. <laughs> he, as you like pass through... Uh, There's this massive King Kong that is like shaking the bars. And my brother was on that side of the tram. And that's something that you don't like get seat belted into. He was on the other side in a blink. And that's what I imagine kids wanting to do with this snake. It is very intimidating. It's very scary. And you're in a very scary anxiety inducing situation in in the Temple of Mara. So I'm actually going to go with the five seed indie snake here. Kylo Ren is a scary movie character in a way that's very different from the way that Darth Vader is a very scary movie character. Um, Darth Vader is uh, a, what is it? What do they call it? Logical evil on Mm -hmm. like the um, chart 
like the the good versus evil alignment chart. Yeah, yeah. Right. So when Darth Vader is in charge of his ship or whatever, he has a a control over people that's very rooted in brainwash manipulation. Uh, and, and he's totally, he has power over everything, mm-hmm. which is scary. Kylo Ren does not have the same sort of authority over the other people on this, <laughs> this base or this ship or whatever that we're on. Uh, Kylo Ren is surrounded by people who enable his behavior, <laughs> the behavior of a total wild card, sure. someone who is completely unhinged and really capable of anything. And I think perhaps the scariest situation that we're in, in all of rise of resistance is when we're in the little like holding cell mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren comes in and it's basically like, you're trapped here. Don't move. Keep an eye on them. A villain like Darth Vader, you know, you'd be like, he's probably not going to kill us because he's going to use us as like a political tool Mm. and he's going to want to extract information out of us. So like maybe we have some time to think of some and like Kylo Ren is so uh, unpredictable that you're like. He, he might, might <laughs> he might, he might make a stupid decision and might. we might be, we might be the ones who pay for that stupid decision. Uh, and so I think his presence throughout Rise of Resistance is scary because you are just never really sure how far he might take it. Mm. You, he, like you said, there's that little hologram Kylo where he walks towards us and if those doors don't close, he's probably going to chop your head off. <laughs> Uh, and, and his lightsaber goes through the, the roof of the thing. So, you know, my man means business. <laughs> like, you know, he's willing to do violence uh, in order to get at you. I think the thing that downs Kylo for me wow. is that is that he dies at the end of the attraction. <laughs> I get sucked um, out of that ship. Because there is some scariness to knowing that you get off a ride and the snake is still out there <laughs> s- swiping at people. The, the popping head ghosts are popping for 60 years. <laughs> Never stop. Once yep. you pop, you just don't stop. <laughs> and uh, Kylo, you walk out and you're like, well, he's dead. Yeah. He gone. Uh, the evil has been defeated. So I think I'm going to go with the snake as wow. well. I think I'm going to agree with you. Wow. I really do like all the Kylo Ren stuff in in uh, in Rise, but I'm going to do the snake. I'm going to wow. go with the classic uh, with the upset. Tess and Alyssa, do you think, are we do, in agreement here or I'm seeing some sad faces? <laughs> Look, as someone who is dating someone who loves daddy Kylo mm-hmm. and a lot of my friend group when they are female, do also love Daddy Kylo. He is not scary to me. He's a sexual interest. So he, <laughs> um, maybe if I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose my partner to Kylo Ren, that <laughs> sense of being scary, yeah, like he should be number one winning. But yes, Kylo Ren is more of 
an interest to the female community, then he is scary to my livelihood. So um, definitely the snake is the right choice on that one. That was such an amazing analysis, <laughs> but also makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Let's hop over to the other side of the bracket for our round of eight matchup. It is the number two seed, the evil wisp from Snow White's Gary Adventure Ooh. versus the number seven monstro. Oh boy. This one's tough. I just feel like the evil witch was has been made less scary. What? <laughs> by reducing the number of instances in which she has an opportunity to be scary to the writers of the attraction. Like, mm. I think they still kept the the most scary moment, which is the transformation. But like I said last week, we've we've lost a couple of other witches. And uh, even the the final appearance where the witch dies used to be an animatronic figure that was a little bit kind of um, very, like, haggard looking. Mm. And, and now she's sort of a, you know, a, a screen character. So I'm just really like, I love this ride and, and I do think she's still scary, but it, it, she's not as uh, strong of a two seed maybe as she would have been three or four years ago. Wow. Um, she is up against Monstro the Whale from Pinocchio and this, um, this whale is a good example of that encroachment of space. The, the idea that a scary character that you move around is totally different than a character that comes at you. Mm. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Monster of the whale. Uh, and, and so this, this evil witch, the way she exists now, we have that one kind of moment, but that her in the, in the witch's, chamber where she's standing over the cauldron we're really just sort of like going around her sure um so like what it comes down to is like it's really that one moment in my mind versus the monstro moment i i think i'm gonna stick with evil witch uh, i think i think her presence is still pretty scary the fact that it exists throughout the attraction i think is worth something as well uh monstro is a nice little last minute <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't think against the evil witch, Monstro moves on. Um, I do. I I think I have Monstro here, and I have him here because of that feeling that you need to dodge Monstro. Uh, you you get up close to Monstro, and that strobe light is just so disorienting that you can't tell just how far he is going to show up in your car. He might be in your lap. Like who knows? And he just is so menacing. So scary. He is like a, he is the sea monster that he is. With the witch, like, there's some creepiness and some uncertainty with her, particularly when she's over the cauldron, because her movement is just like her hands are out. She's like very stiff. She has the apple and she kind of just like swivels and is just dead eye looking forward. And so, like, yeah, that's actually scarier than the transformation, in my opinion. <laughs> like, like she is very stiff, very scary, like almost shifty, like she could just come to life at any moment. But the action of Monstro showing up in a space that you don't expect him to be in, 
Uh, and especially because you have Jiminy Cricket who is kind of distracting you off to the side lit up. And he was like, you know, look out, look out. And you're like, look out for what? And all of a sudden, <laughs> monsters in your face. Like, that is scary. So I'm going to take like the monster over the the witch here, which means that we're going to have a tie break here. I think both valid points. I think I'm going to lean towards monster just because the old hag is staying in one place, right? She's swiveling in the same place. She's just turning around. You do have that amazing transformation um, that they do. And I always credit, you know, animatronics, the, the way that they're able to do that versus, you know, just doing like filmography, videography projections to make that transformation happen. Like this was just uh, with the eye, right? Just her switching around. But as Kyle was saying, it's monsters so close to you with the strobes, with the effects, with you moving closer to them. You don't know how far that animatronic is coming at you. And monster is huge. Um, so you're looking at the object size as well. And you're distracted by Jiminy. And it's just, yeah, I'm going to go with monster just based on those facts. Definitely a little bit more overdone than, than the old hag. I mean, I've never had a nightmare about Monstro, but okay. <laughs> I've never had a nightmare about the old hag. I have. Mm. All right, let's move on to this next matchup here. It is the number 14, the Chanting Tiki's versus the Pop-Up Ghosts. And this, I'm going to go with the the Chanting Tiki's here wow. uh, because because of that shiftiness, dude. And that there, one, there are so many. <laughs> they're all doing slightly different things because they're in slightly different working orders. And they come out of seemingly nowhere. And not only is it like, you know, the pop-up ghost pops up once near you. Imagine the pop-up ghosts pop up all at once and they are surrounding yeah. you. That's what the chanting tiki's feel like to me. And there's just it's just so many. It's the volume of them. It's the way that they are kind of clicking and clacking as if it's the the you know five night at Freddy's sort of situation. And those things can just pop off the walls at any point. Um they get they get the jump scare in you, which is always a plus for a scary character. They seem scary in their looks they're hidden in the shadows like they feel like monsters of the tiki room a little bit and that is terrifying so i'm actually going to go with the tiki's over the pop-up ghosts shout out the pop-up ghosts for like trying to to scare up the the writers while they are enjoying this like great song and it adds an element of fun to that graveyard scene that you might not expect and you're not supposed to expect but i got the tiki's here I, so you called out the design of the pop-up ghosts <laughs> being like kind of like lower than normal Haunted Mansion quality, <laughs> yeah. uh, which adds an element of them being a little scary. It's sure. like, this is, um, you got the carnival ride element that is a little, a little scary. Yeah. But the thing that I find scary about the design is that these don't look like happy haunts. <laughs> these pop-up ghosts look like tortured souls. <laughs> oh. And that is that is not a common look that mansion characters have, especially in the graveyard when so many of them are like, I'm having a good time. We're at a swinging wake right now. <laughs> We're the drinking. pop-up ghosts, the pop-up ghosts are 
they look like they were forced to be there. <laughs> they look like they have been snatched up by by the ghost host and and they've been doomed to be doing power squats for life for eternity mm. behind mm. those yeah, tombstones they're not, they're not coming out to socialize no they're, they're trying to get out they're like the grinning grim ghosts you know they uh, are uh, <laughs> uh so i think there's there's sort of like a morbidity to to the pop-up ghosts that the other haunted mansion ghosts really don't have one other mansion ghost that I think could have made this bracket is the one that's stuck in its coffin and trying to escape. Yeah. Because that's another one that just sort of feels a little bit spookier than than the others that seem to be having a, a good time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know what the dude looks like inside of the coffin. <laughs> right. But that's he scary. Could be, he could be, he could just be like raising the roof because yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just, just feeling too. so turnt. Uh, or he could be like, you know, trying to escape because he's he's like, uh, you know, feeling like he wants to finish some unresolved business. Yeah. And like that's definitely the vibe I get from these pop up ghosts. So I think them being sort of the last ghost standing on on this scary attraction character bracket. I'm, I'm OK with it. Okay. I'm OK with it. Here's the thing, though. I have never been scared by the pop-up ghosts. Hmm. They pop, but there's already so much happening visually and you're moving and there's really loud music that I don't think I've ever legit been like, Oh oh my God. (laughs) Like it just feels like another stimulus in that room. That's already very stimulating. Sure. Uh, Chanting tiki's, are something that makes me deeply uncomfortable no matter how many <laughs> times I've been on the Enchanted Tiki Room. <laughs> and I know it's a nap room for Tess, but mm. I'm advancing the Enchanted Tiki's, wow. the chan- enchanting, ch- Enchanted Chanting Tiki's to the final four. Wow. How, how reactions, how, how do we feel about this? Uh, Yeah, I don't think the pop-up ghosts are scary at all, so that's, that's fair. <laughs> You know, the, the, the tiki, they, yeah, the tiki dudes are, are weird and scary and need to get their eyes checked. All right, we're down to the final four. We've got the number one seed Yeti from the Matterhorn versus the number five seed Indiana Jones snake from Indiana Jones. What a classic attraction character matchup. Yeah, this is good. The Yeti versus the snake and not just any old version of the Yeti, but the new version of the Yeti. Mm-hmm. Here's kind of what I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think out loud here. We, okay. we have, we have two attraction effects where the character is encroaching on your space. One of, <laughs> yeah. one of them's lunging at you. One of them, you are careen, careening towards careening, careening mm-hmm. towards. And, um, you think you're going to run into him and you think he's going to snatch you. Uh, so that, so that element's very similar. You have, uh, two objectively scary creatures, snake, one of the most common fears, uh, in, in the world. Sure. Yeti, obviously not a real thing, 
that we've seen before. He could be <laughs> real. We don't really know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make that statement and say the Yeti's not real, but we just haven't seen him yet, or at least uh-huh. a good quality photo of him. Um, <laughs> so you, so they, they both have that going for them. They have a, a solid little sound accompaniment with them. Mm-hmm. You've got the Yeti doing some roaring, doing some swiping. Uh, you've got that first Yeti who who bangs on that plexiglass ice cavern. Uh, very intimidating. Very threatening. Yes. Uh, snake with a little hiss, with the little fangs coming out of it. Oh, like this is a this is a finals level matchup. So it's it's very difficult. Yeah. Indiana Jones snake snakes and snake imagery are so tied to like the idea of of Indy. Like mm-hmm. you know that if Indiana Jones is involved, there's going to be some snakes somewhere. Snakes somewhere <laughs> because he doesn't because he doesn't like snakes. So while this snake isn't necessarily like the primary villain or the primary monster of the attraction, like the Yeti is in the Matterhorn, it still makes sense that he's there. And I think you can definitely really. Um, think of him as like a, as like a big bad. Yeah, as totally. A, as, as a final boss of sorts in Indiana Jones. I believe I'm going to go with the Indiana Jones snake. Mm. I think that the way that it feels a little bit janky <laughs> makes me a little bit more scared. <laughs> the fact that it's the Yeti, it, the Yeti is really like a, it's there and it's gone. Sure. Uh, kind of moment and the snake is like a like you said uh in in one of the last rounds you see him and you know you're gonna go towards him and you're just like please please don't make me go by him please don't make me go. <laughs> and, then, and then it and then it keeps you there for a yeah. while and it's like can we go can we go can we go and then it like and and then you finally take off so i just i think it makes for a, a scarier moment even though like the yeti you know, um, animatronic is a little bit more sophisticated, maybe more scary, uh, uh, like on its own. I just think the, the effect makes the character scarier when it comes to the snake. Sure. I, what I will give the snake and that we haven't talked about it yet related to him is that you encounter the like snake room after you've just stalled out on this bridge, right? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're going into this room that is adorned by two snake heads and then like fangs overhead. And as you go, you can see the snake's massive body like weaving in and out of brick walls. Like this thing is mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And what's even better about the um, snake is that even when you see him, he's moving. Like you can see, it's not just like the static figure. It's just like sitting there waiting to be triggered by your car. That thing is moving over there. So it feels like extremely alive as you're whipping around that room and around that corner and you're following its body all around snakes on the walls everywhere. And all of a sudden there you are. And if you're in that right spot, that thing is lunging at you Uh, and the hiss, right? Like you can't forget that this thing hisses at you. And that's kind of like the Yeti roar. That's another scary part is that it's not just this like silent head bob. It is actually screaming at you, hissing at you. Okay. Well, but is it a hiss? Like it sounds like a pterodactyl. Does it? Yeah. It's like, ah, <laughs> what was it? it, it, it 
Yeah, like you are right. There isn't. There is sort of like a screech, but I I believe there is like a like a. It's almost yeah. like a piston sound kind of yeah. underneath. But it. why do snakes make noises? Do they have vocal cords? Snakes, yeah. I think, are known to hiss, right? They hiss, and, and it's hiss and, to and, me is a. Yes, but but when a snake is is threatened, it's 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 um. It's gonna squeal like a pig. Well, you also have not, to. It's not gonna squeal, but it doesn't go. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> you also have to put into consideration its size, right? This snake is probably ten or twenty times bigger than any snake you have encountered hissing. Okay, can someone call True. Teacher Johnson and ask if snakes True. have vocal parts? I also don't think that that sound you're talking about is the snake making that sound. Making that, is it that, the mechanics? It's part, I think it's just part of the score. That's just the, that's like a, a chorus of people. Or, or yeah. like, it's like symbols. It's like symbols going. Yeah. Yeah. Because you pass, once the snake starts moving, it hisses. But that noise that you're referring to happens before the head bob happens. I've also interpreted it as sort of like a zombie snake yeah. also because everything in there is kind of like dead. So it might be sort of like an, like an injured snake. Uh, I mean, he so, has crashed through some walls. Yeah, he might be kind of like, you know, a zombie for or help. some kind. Undead not, snake, yeah. It's not a hiss. He's actually asking us for help. Like, <laughs> I am so hurt right now i need can you guys get me out of here <laughs> give me some motred yeah i need some white man trying to get me <laughs> <laughs> all that being said i'm gonna go with the yeti because the like the moment that has always stuck with me and i say it every time we talk about this yeti i say it every time we talk about our like Disney friendship origin story is that that first time we went on the revamped Matterhorn to go up that that lift hill and have that thing crawling up the hillside next to you pounding on the on the ice like that is so terrifying and it's you can see the figure of it and the noise that it makes you are anticipating you're going to see this thing again you just don't know quite when and where and especially if you don't know the order of the yetis depending on what track you're on um i also like that lift hill because you're not always next to the ice but you're always involved in the yeti like you will always hear and feel the yeti's presence even if you're not next to the ice which makes that character so effective it's one of those like he could be anywhere at any moment so as you're careening down the hill he is anywhere at any moment and you can hear his roars off in the distance. And then once you start passing him, like you're zooming fast, he's moving very quick and you just don't know what's going to happen. I think also his build is very scary. He looks like a terrifying monster. He does not look like Bill. He doesn't look like Rasta Bill. And he doesn't look like Harold sitting in the tower uh, across the Esplanade. He is a scary, scary character. I'm moving on number one seed, which means we're going back over to SoCal to break this tie. Um, yeah, there is only I, I'm showing my card. There is only one attraction where I have screamed in terror in, and it is the Matterhorn with the Yeti. <laughs> so the snake. I'm sure I was scared of, and I love the anticipation of it. Like I get excited with anticipation buildup and it is spooky, 
Um, but I know he's just going to do a little head bob and be like a bobblehead and move on. So, yeah, it's the Yeti for me, for sure. All right. Yeti moves on to the finals, which means we've got the number seven Monstro taking on those chanting tikis over at the number 14 seed. I think I'm going to stick with Monstro here. There's a part of me that wants to go with the chanting tikis because they are so shocking and like really make me really uneasy as I'm sitting in that room. But there is nothing scarier than a monster to me. And the monster being Monstro the whale popping up in that moment with the strobe light effects is just very, very shocking and scary. I think it also helps that I'm choosing this this number seven seed. Uh, or it makes more sense that I'm choosing this number seven seed because like Tess being afraid of the evil witch in her dreams, I was terrified of Monstro. <laughs> Your boy did not go on storybook canal boats mm. until he was in the double digits because there was no way he was entering that whale oh. mouth. Like I was afraid. And even in Pinocchio, like that sequence is scary. Monstro is massive <laughs> and he is intimidating. And so I think that there's also this kind of like nostalgia bias of I remember being scared of this thing. And so to see it in this attraction in the way that they pull it off is scary. I'm going to end up saying the same thing when we get over to DCA one day about the uh, the whatever the the bull tractor from Radiator Springs Racers is <laughs> that like pops up out of the like that thing is also scary. And it's a similar effect. That one's a little bit louder than Monstro here. Uh, but it's the same thing where it's like I'm distracted and all of a sudden this massive being is is showing up in my face and strobe lights and I don't like it. So I like Monstro here over the Tiki's. Yes, the Tiki's are creepy, but I think Monstro is scary. Um, I understand the fear of getting eaten by a whale. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> but... The way that the chanting tikis are surrounding you, 360 degrees surrounding you, and yeah. you don't know it until about 10 minutes into the attraction, <laughs> that's all you need to know about why these are the scarier Disney attraction characters. I'm Can definitely I going in chanted tikis. Can I propose before the tiebreak happens uh, a new bracket? Because we've brought up things multiple times here. If these attractions were to come to life and every <laughs> attraction had like a warrior to send, you got the small world dolls, you got like the pirates of the Caribbean, you got the haunted mansion ghosts, the enchanted tiki room sending out the tikis, like what attractions would win the Disneyland war? I think is a, a bracket that we need to do one of these okay, days. But because. that's already a middle school book series. The magic kingdom books that like are Disney official that are terrible and written are written as if a middle schooler wrote them. That's our that story's already written. Kyle. The ground is fertile for retelling. <laughs> we are ready to be those people to get it right. Uh, so we're, we're going to a tie break. Over to Alyssa, I guess. It's your turn in the rotation. Will it be the Channing Tiki's or will it be Monstro moving on to the finals? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to say Monstro, and this mm. is a very subjective decision. We're not subjective here at all. Sorry. <laughs> Never. Um, one, I was 
basically raised in the enchanted tiki room. So moving eyes, moving mouths is not scary to me. It means, oh, hey, you're going to have a drink and have fun. Uh, but also the enchanted tiki room sets it up as a very pleasant thing, right? You're talking to birds. You have the birds come down. They're singing to you. I mean, it, it could be a really bad trip, but in general, it's a fun time. You're It's an enchanted tiki room. It's enchanted. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a good time. Where Pinocchio is even the a movie bad time all the time. Story <laughs> is a bad time all the time. It's a messed up storyline. Everything is crazy. There's kidnapping. There's so much going on. And then you're getting by this giant whale so it's it's scarier it's definitely scarier when you take the background of the movies and you take the background of the attractions it's just it's scared to be so close to this giant whale that's looking to ingest you so i'm i'm saying monstro I will say, though, there is something to be said about the theater and the round inception, you know, we've kind of talked around that, that we're just we're watching these little birds, which when I was five years old and I went to Disneyland for the first time, I thought these birds were real, um, you know, and then and then you got these tiki gods that come out from behind you. So then you become the stage and the and the and the tiki guys are watching you and it's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to be said about that maybe i like tiki guys watching me i i will say uh not sitting on the right hand side of the indiana jones attraction and not sitting near the walls of the tiki room are really mm. the only conscious decisions i make when boarding any <laughs> disney vehicle uh or attractions so i think that would have been worth something to me but alas Monstro, the number seven seed, moves on to the finals to take on the number one seed, the Yeti from the Matterhorn. I had neither of these attraction characters moving on to the finals. Um, So it's pretty easy for me. It's definitely the Yeti. I think that the the threat of violence in the (laughs) Yeti is stronger. I think getting eaten... You're, here are the choices. Would you rather get eaten by Monstro or would you rather be mauled limb by limb <laughs> yeah. uh, and eaten by the Yeti, not in one bite, but like corn on the cob? <laughs> and I would rather get eaten in one bite because that sounds like it would be over quickly, whereas I feel like the Yeti would enjoy it. And I just think there would be a lot of pain associated with being eaten by a Yeti. Um, and that makes it a more scary character when you think about uh, you know, what the end result of that character sort of getting me might be kind mm. of a strange way to crown a winner of this particular bracket. But I think that's honestly what's going to do it for me. There's nothing scarier than the feeling of you being chased. Just in general, even if it's there's nothing behind you, you feel like something's behind you. Mm. And that's the effect that the Yeti really has on you. It's not in like it's not even necessarily that it's because you're on the bobsled. If you were in that attraction as like a walkthrough, you're probably running. So no matter what, you are going fast through this attraction because you want to get away from the thing that's threatening you, which is the Yeti. And luckily, we have the 
the privilege of seeing the Yeti multiple times, which just adds to its kind of arsenal of being a scarier character here. And not only that, but it's like realistic. If we saw Monstro multiple times, we'd be like, there he is again. You know, the static figure that just kind of pops up. It's shocking because we only see him once and we dodge him. We don't even get eaten. We just leave and like the story cuts straight back into town. <laughs> we skip the whale part altogether. But with the Yeti, you are running from it. You are hoping you don't encounter it again. You see the destruction that has happened because of the Yeti. You see the broken bobsleds. You see the camp that has been destroyed. Like there is a there is a story and a lore to this Yeti that you hope to not encounter. And I think that makes not only a good Disney character, but in this bracket makes it the scariest Disney character. So I'm agreeing with you. The one seed runs away with it. It is the Yeti as the scariest Disneyland attraction character. And as we do at the end of every single bracket, we're going to go ahead and clap it out. This is like world record for the quickest bracket we've done. <laughs> and I think it's because it, it's pretty well defined in these seatings and just like in general, what is scary at Disneyland. And, uh, you know, the Yeti in this Matterhorn has had this effect on us. Tess and Alyssa, did we make this right choice? Like, did the one seed deserve to win in this bracket? I, I had, I thought it was going to be Yeti and Old Hag all the way. I was excited mm. to see them on either side of the bracket, but she messed that up. <laughs> um, sorry but yeah i think that i think ultimately the yeti is objectively the scariest thing at disneyland yeah i mean i said it at the beginning in the previous episode that even as adult the yeti scares me and i didn't go to disneyland until i was 21 so being afraid of that as an adult <laughs> like yeah i was hoping he was gonna make it to the end otherwise i'm like oh man i'm I'm a child. <laughs> so it makes me feel better about myself. Well, Tess and Alyssa, we are so happy to have had you both here closing out spooky season with us the day before Halloween. We really appreciate your time, your expertise in all things Disneyland spooky. And uh, we can't wait to not only see you over in Jerry's gang, see you at the next trivia, uh, but see you in the parks pretty soon, hopefully. Yes, sir. Rebob. This is Halloween. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these scary attraction characters, is there one that we missed? Did we not even mention the scariest attraction character of all? You got a hot take? Well, Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. All, all, all of our social channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon and become a member of Jerry's gang, head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level. Yeah, two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month. You got an invite to our seasonal trivia event. You got the right to vote on bracket topics. And it's just a spot to just chat with the boys. It's a fun time. Uh, we would love to have you over there. Uh, hope you're having a great fall. Great autumn. Leaves are changing. Getting a little colder. We'll catch you in the next episode. And remember, folks, dead men tell no tales. 